This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Hey, this is Dan, and welcome to another special episode of Get a Real Job in our ongoing series devoted to people and businesses that are focused on sustainability and reducing environmental impact. Today, I'm thrilled to speak with the chief executive of Brooklotti, Scotland's first B Corp certified distillery. And I'm equally thrilled to sample some of their products as we talk, despite the fact it's 9.30 in the morning. But, you know, as uh, Douglas said to me earlier, it's 12 o'clock somewhere, specifically where he is in Scotland. So please welcome Douglas Taylor. Douglas, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Dan. And uh, it's a great pleasure to be invited to to join you to the to the show. So thanks for having me. And excited to tell you a bit about who we are and what we do and how we got to where we are today. So um, I'm looking forward to the time we're going to spend together. Great, great. Well, don't don't get too excited. Wait till I start asking questions and then you can determine if this is a, a pleasant experience for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we've all seen uh, Brooklotti and we've all mispronounced it when ordering ordering it in a bar. Am I saying it right? That's my first question to you. Yes, you are. That's the way we would say it. So uh, pronounced Brookladdy uh, looks like Bruchladich. And uh, yeah, lots of people pronounce it differently, but we say Brookladdy. So shortening it down phonetically, Brook, the, the, the word for a small stream, and Laddie, the word for a, a small boy. So yeah, Brookladdy. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so why don't we, can you give a little bit of the history of, I mean, it's uh, everyone, as I said, people know it, people love it. Uh, it's, it's a legendary, um, whiskey and can you talk a little bit about its history and then a little bit about how you came to work at what many would consider like the ultimate dream job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's really interesting about Brookladdy, the distillery is, this is a Victorian distillery, you know, built in 1881 by the Harvey brothers. It was it was designed uh, to be gravity fed. It was avant-garde at the time. But when you look and listen to us today, it feels like we're quite a new company when in fact we've been around for over 140 years. And that in itself can have some some challenges. But the story that that we're maybe interested in today is the last 22 years. What happened from the distillery being mothballed for the last time in 1994. It was then closed for seven years uh, and reopened under new ownership in, in 2001. Uh, an entrepreneurial um, team of wine merchants who wanted to resurrect the distillery and they wanted to really reconnect whiskey with ingredients and understand how ingredients would contribute massively towards flavour and it wasn't just the way it was distilled or the shape of the stills or the barrels that the whiskey was maturing in. But what's interesting when you look back as well is there were loads of things that were happening during the resurrection. So from 2001 onwards, there were loads of things that were happening that we would class as sustainability initiatives today, but actually back then didn't 
didn't really come under that banner. They were just the right things to do. You know, the idea that the Isla was designated a, a community on the edge, so not geographically, but economically by the, the government. Um, unemployment was high and there were shutdowns of local businesses. And in many ways, the shutdown of, of big distilleries like Briclari was was testament to the kind of state of the nation on, on Isla. And if you think about it, quite a brave decision by the then founders. So led by Mark Rainey and Simon Coughlin with the, the support of, you know, at the time, 30 years in the industry, Jim McEwen coming from Bomore. They decided to create a business that was going to be wholeheartedly rooted on the island. They were going to conceive, distill, mature and bottle there. And that meant that it was going to be creating jobs and employment. We'd be opening a bottling hall, creating not just jobs, but careers for people. And suddenly, within only a few years, we went on to become the biggest private employer on the island, which is amazing because that's in relation or second only to local government. Wow. And in fact... At the time, we probably employed more people than the other uh, distilleries added together. Now, there are nine distilleries today on the island. Wow. So, with all of that, I think what's really interesting is we say we weren't born green. We're a Victorian distillery being reimagined for the future. And that brings with it a whole host of complications. Yeah. So, um, it's, an, it's an interesting world to operate in. And actually, it's not easy. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you that. Um you know, when you're, when you're balancing, uh, you know, all of this tradition and there's a lot of traditionalists, especially in, you know, who are her fans of, of whiskey, you know, they want it done the old way or whatever it is. So how do you, how do you balance that, you know, sticking with tradition, but also bringing in new technology and new things to make it better? We, we used to say we've got no computers and we don't do any marketing, but of course we do do marketing and of course we are, we are here using a computer. But right. yeah, I mean, the distillery itself is still, is still a Victorian distillery. You know, we don't use um, computers. It's, it's much more, it's much more um, artistic and it's, you know, it's, it's floats and it's weights and it's, um, it's far less push button than some of the distilleries that are built today. So you can't operate as remotely. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons we're the biggest private employer on the island is because it's such a manual operation. Yeah. So we're, a hun- we're 109 people at Brickladi Distillery Company. And, you know, 80% of those people are based at the distillery itself. So I think we still operate a Victorian distillery, but where we're... Um, you know, we talk about being progressive Hebridean distillers. So progressive, just to hang on that word for a second. It's as much about mindset and outlook. And I think the idea of resurrecting the distillery and having a focus on terroir, really focusing on barley, whether it be organic barley or Scottish mainland barley or Isla barley or ancient land races like bear barley, you know, that was that was a, a really unconventional approach at the time. So we've been progressive since the beginning, since the since the reopening back in 2000. And it's been even more progressive when you look at um, some of the, the things that have happened in our in our timeline. You know, we, we did our first foray into renewable energy back in 2009, 2010 with a, with an anaerobic digester plant. Now, it didn't actually work, but it doesn't matter because we gave it a go and we we, um, we put a lot of time and effort and money into it. Um, but it's really interesting because 
we are progressive by nature, but we still do things the old way. And you have this duality. When you come and visit the distillery, you see these old methods that are being used. Yeah. You see this really progressive outlook. And, and you know, the notion of even having a hydrogen um, fueled boiler for creating heat to create steam to distill whiskey. I mean, that's re it's really interesting to keep challenging yourselves and how you become fit for the future rather than being caught up in the past. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So when uh you know when I when I uh introduce you I said that you're the first B Corp certified distillery. Can you explain what that means? I can. Um and B B Corp of course started in America, started in the West Coast back in 2006. And um what did it mean for us? Well, well I heard about B Corp and thought that's interesting. That feels like um it feels like an area that we could we could explore. Because we've always had a sort of consciousness, a socially minded and environmentally minded consciousness. We've always done things that are challenging. We've always done things that are difficult to implement, um, sometimes more expensive and therefore less profitable. But we've always known that we'll do things because it's the right thing to do. And for us, becoming B Corp certified was really about um, getting validation of 20 years work mm. so we didn't have to change too much yeah. there was a bit of paperwork and there was a bit of process that we had to formalize but i spoke to people um who were running b corp businesses and they said hey just go for it you know if you've if you've done the b impact assessment um why don't you just go for it and of course we did and it took us about 18 months but the, the whole point of it is can you use business as a force for good so, you know, consumers, all of us, we put a lot of faith in politics and a lot of faith in governments, but governments are quite transitional. You know, they move every four or five years. And I think with business, you have the chance to be a lot more long-termist and you can make commitments and stick to those commitments and deliver against them over longer periods of time. So for us, we wanted to acknowledge that we were using our business as a force for good, whether that be in propagating ancient land races or whether it be supporting local rural economies, so the farming community on Isla, um, whether it was big initiatives like going one tin lighter, you know, and dropping our packaging or, or hydrogen projects. But we wanted to really um, be part of this movement. So we applied and 18 months later, we were, we were accredited. And, and it was interesting because we didn't do it to seek a competitive advantage. We did it because we wanted to raise the profile that you can do more than just make and sell whiskey or whiskey and gin, you know, for us more than just make and sell Bucladi single mall or Port Charlotte right. or Optimore and the botanist gin. So it was really important for us to be present. And I think if, if I, if I put myself into the, the shoes of um, the folks out there who drink our product, the consumers, there are many categories that it's easy to see signposts for these values led purpose led businesses and I think in the world of premium spirits, there were no visible signposts. Right. So being B Corp accredited gave us a signpost that we could go out there to the world and say, hey, this is how we do business. Yeah. And if you like this way of doing business, maybe we're the brand for you. And that helps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that you have taken, you know, your learnings and, and your processes. And you've actually, when you talked about a competitive edge, you've shared them with people who I, I guess would be considered your competitors, correct? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we've all got to do more. You know, mm. this is the point. It's not, it's not okay if we're, the only, if we're the most sustainable distillery in the industry. That's not okay. Distillery companies 
and brands in the spirits world have got to do more. And one of the big things that we need to do more on is um, soil health. So regenerative agriculture or uh, sustainable agriculture, but also we need to decarbonize and we need to find ways to to create new um, zero emissions energy sources that can continue to allow us to distill right. but without huge carbon footprints. And equally, we need to be really sustainable um, places to work, you know, great employers that create the right work-life balance and are progressive businesses. So, you know, we're never, we're not trying to take on the biggest drinks company in the world, but we're trying to be really good at what we do. And we would like more and more distilling companies to come with us on that journey as we've gone on that journey with other companies, you know, because we're not the first B Corp. We look to other B Corp businesses, whether it's Ben and Jerry's or Patagonia, but, you know, we look up to these other businesses and say, hey, we can, you know, we can do that as well. More coming up from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsor. Who doesn't want to do right by the planet? Well, one of the easiest ways is to use paper, and another is to choose products that come in paper-based packaging. Because paper comes from trees, a natural and renewable resource. And here in the U.S., private forest owners carefully maintain healthy forests and their habitats to provide our essential paper products. And those products can be recycled up to seven times. Thanks to innovative design solutions, everyday items from cosmetics to liquid detergents are now using paper-based packaging, making it easier than ever for consumers to do good for the planet. And the same goes for business owners. Choosing paper-based packaging materials is a great way to take the sustainable path forward that also gives back. So choose paper and help America's forests thrive. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com. And our next sponsor, it can be something B2 brilliant, B2 bold, a B2 breakthrough force that helps you B2 beat expectations. How? With the platform B2B marketers have been waiting for. A platform with tools you need to build B2 better relationships, to drive results that B2 bash KPIs while B2 boosting ROI, and to B2 boldly go where no marketers have gone before, all in a trusted environment that respects your business. So prep your marketing to B2 blast off and tell those built for B2C sites you'll BRB. Because LinkedIn is where B2B is everything it can be. Get started with LinkedIn ads and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash advertise to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash advertise. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. What um you know I'm I'm sure a lot of this is uh, incredibly detailed, but are, are there any sort of big picture things you could share about like you know this is the way it used to be done and this is the way we do it now and and the reason why that's uh, so impactful for sustainability. Um, yeah, I think that you know when you look at agriculture, I'll come back to that. We we run the risk of farming in a way that's monoculture using heavy um, uh, heavy use of agrochemicals which are you know not good for soil health and they're not good for farming for the value for the farmer as well because it's it reduces margin but it's also not good for ocean health either so you get the runoff mm. and I think that long term there are va various articles and books that have been written that say there are only 60 harvests left or 100 harvests left wow. 60 years or 100 years 
And if we don't do something, the topsoil will disappear and we won't be able to grow crops. So the, the new way of looking at, at, at that is actually a revolutionary old idea. It's going back to pre-mass farming and pre-mass monoculture. And it's going back to say, how did we do it in the past? And that's why things like organic ways of farming, you don't have to be organic, but um, organic ways of farming or biodynamic ways of farming where you f farm with a view of repairing and restoring soil health structure and fertility rather than just, um, you know, stripping the stripping the nutrients year by year, field by field, crop by crop from, from the land. So I think that's one thing that's really closely rooted to, to whiskey. Um, I don't think that that everybody understands the link between whiskey and agriculture. You know, yeah. They talk about whiskey, they talk about water, they talk about peat, they talk right. about oak barrels, but very few people understand the connection between whiskey and barley or malted barley and therefore barley and agriculture and agriculture and farming practices. So there are things like that, but also, um, you know, for a long time, whiskey value has been driven by age and packaging or a combination of age woods and packaging. And now we're all starting to look at it and say unnecessary packaging probably doesn't have a, a place mm. in the world going forward. So we're, you know, we love our tins and our tin, we're famous for our, our tins. And when we were small and, 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 and poor and didn't have big marketing budgets, the tin did a job for us because it gave us shelf standout and we were able to print lots of information on there. But the reality is each tin is um, liable for 1.13 kilograms of CO2. Huh. And they get trashed. So yeah. some get recycled, but not all of them. So you start to question where the value lies. And as a consumer, you start to understand the value lies in the spirit of the product. Right. And it lies in the philosophy and the principles of the people that make it. It doesn't lie in the unnecessary secondary packaging. So I think that's, you know, those are just two examples of things that are, yeah. that are changing. And I, and I love what you said uh, before we started about, you know, all this is, it's great for the environment. It's it's great for uh, the world. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't matter if your if your whiskey is not that good. But yours is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So we we um, I'm I'm going to say this because I'm biased, but we make incredible whiskey, yeah. and it's not it's not just me saying that. You know, it's award winning whiskey, and it's really it's held in high regard. But it's also uh, brave and courageous whiskey. We've tried different things. You know, our organic, Bricladi organic single malt, um, we don't sell very much of it. You know, we, we invest a lot of time into it, but yeah. we don't sell very much of it. And I do believe that, I, I remember the conversation that I had, it was with the, it was with a guy, Dave Driscoll, um, and I was having lunch with him in San Francisco, and he said, it doesn't matter what you do, if your whiskey is not delicious, none of it matters. And I think we've been lucky in that sense that, for, for years, we've been making delicious whiskey, so that stacks up. But also the backstory behind it is really interesting as well. And, and in many ways, that's one of the reasons we've got delicious whiskey, because it's that focus on ingredients. It's that relentless pursuit of flavor through terroir and through different types of barley. It's the fact that it's natural whiskey. There's nothing added. There's nothing taken away. So you get all the oil and all the mouthfeel and all the structure. It's a higher, it's a higher ABV as well. So, you, you know, everything points to... It, that, that it's going to be good but they've not all been brilliant you know we've, we've had some clangers in there i'm sure and we've had some that have had bad <laughs> reviews but generally speaking um we're, we're we're blessed in that sense because that victorian distillery was designed and built 
to give us this incredible nectar. And uh, all we're doing is working with it and trying to get the best from it with this progressive mindset as well. That's 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 awesome. Uh, I've I've had it once or twice or more than that in my life, and I I can attest it is quite delicious. Um, so thank you for your efforts. Uh, and I'm I'm curious too, just about about you and your career path. Like how did how did you? It seems like a, there's a lot of things coming together here. Um, uh, in, in your job and what you do, like, how did you arrive here? And specifically for people who are like really interested and passionate about this, you know, what's your advice for people who want to get into this industry? How, how did I end up in the booze game? It's yeah, I guess that's I, I a, the shorter well, way to ask that. Yeah. It, it, st- it started with me studying at business school in Glasgow, studying environmental planning, town and country planning. Um, and quickly realizing that, A, I wasn't very good at it, and B, I didn't want to do it. But I, <laughs> I finished the course and graduated and qualified. And um, actually, I was looking for a graduate job, and I was lucky, and I got picked up by one of the big drinks companies, and I went on a graduate um, program with Diageo, and I was there for 13 years. And I, and I actually, I wasn't leaving. I was very happy. I was in a, I was in a really interesting um, phase of my growth at the company, but also... Um, I was with what I thought to be, you know, the best business. Why would I want to leave? And it wasn't until I met the founders, and it was Mark particularly, and I met him for lunch one day, and he talked at me for two hours, and I was absolutely mesmerized by mm. the the vision and the passion, and and I was mesmerized having spent over a decade in in the spirits premium spirits industry, specialising in whiskey, that really I didn't know that much about it, and I was just smitten by Mark's vision and the, the movement that was Brickladdy Distillery. And, and I jumped ship and, and came over here. And that was 11, 11 years ago and, you know, never looked back. And it's, it's an enlightening business to be in. Uh, it's really hard. You know, it's not a bed of roses. I think it's, it's almost harder because of the way we're trying to do it. I, I firmly believe we could be bigger, more profitable and more commercially successful if we didn't do all these things. Mm. But it's that relentless pursuit of doing more than that I think has stood us in, in, in good stead. And we're starting to see the fruits of the labor now. We're starting to see a bit more awareness and a bit more a bit more reach. But yeah, that's how I ended up. I, I yeah. fell into it, to be honest, and, and I absolutely love it. It's an incredible business to be in. To fall into a barrel of Brooklady, that sounds pretty good. Um and and just looking at the the industry as a whole, the, this the premium spirits as you talked about, like what are you what are you seeing? What are, what are, what are the trends? I know the the world has turned upside down in the last two years. Um, how has that affected you? And what are you what are you looking towards the future? Well, coming back to the, the question you asked me about B Corp, I think this is interesting. So during COVID, B Corp or B Lab, I believe, stood down a number of their staff because they thought. All the companies out there in the world, so not just drinks companies, but all the companies that are B certified, B Corp certified, um, or sorry, all the companies out there who might be thinking about being B Corp certified would be just in survival mode. And the reality is, I think we saw way more applications for purpose-led businesses to come to the fore during that period, Mm. the last two years. And what it tells me is we all run around like headless chickens all the time, too busy to really think about what we need to do in the future. So being busy is really easy and thinking is really hard. Yeah. 
But when you get a moment like COVID, for some businesses, there was a chance for them to get after that thing that they wanted to do. So I'm seeing a trend now, and we've seen many more spirits companies now go on and become B Corp certified. So Sipsmith's Gin in the UK are B Corp certified. We've seen um, Maker's Mark B Corp certified as well. So you're, you're seeing lots of big movements happening out there in the in the industry but i think also we're seeing we're seeing a move to sustainability as well so we're seeing a whole host of energy projects we're seeing moves to decarbonize businesses um and all of these things together are mixed with the trends that we picked up in covid because we were all at home we were probably drinking a bit more and that was given us a chance to trade up so i think that trading up is quite interesting it's good for us when we're in a premium the premium end of the category, but you know, we really want to reduce the number of bottles of glass that are circulating the world because that's where the big CO2 footprint is attached. So if you can have more people drinking le- drinking better, but drinking less, and, and you can be continuing to grow as a business, which is important because all this comes, the privilege of all of these initiatives are on the back of being being commercially successful. You have to be commercially successful. You don't get the, the privilege to go after these things if you're not. But somewhere in there, I think those are the key trends that, that we're seeing. That's that's amazing. And I'm I'm gonna uh I think today with lunch perhaps I'll uh, I'll I'll have a, a sip or two of uh the classic laddie, which is in this beautiful um what color would you call that? We call it aqua. We call it aqua and the color comes from it and you can you can um believe this or not, but if when you fly into Isla and the sun is splitting the sky and it's hitting the beautiful coastline of the island, you see this aqua color coming from the water oh, really? against the against the beaches. And that's where the aqua came from. We used to have these wee highlights of aqua in the label. And then I don't know, back in two thousand and four or two thousand and five we decided to go all aqua yeah. on the packaging and really um well you, you know that that wouldn't have passed testing consumer testing back then you know kind yeah. of single malt being that type of packaging the answer would have been absolutely no but yeah it's yeah like part of our dna no it's cool and it's uh you know it really pops on the shelf it's a beautiful color it, it, it invites your eye it invites your interest and everything that you're saying you know uh i think whiskey drinkers i'm a whiskey drinker you 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 love to hear the story behind it the history behind it you know it's it's not just like a shot of vodka that you're pouring into your Red Bull or something, you know. It's a, yeah. it's something that you savor. And, and um, so Brooklady is <clears throat> the story and and what you're up to now. I, I hope the word gets out because I know you know people love to support not just something that's delicious, but they love to support a company that they feel like is doing something good. So, um, so I'm just gonna say, uh, great job, Douglas. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, there was a there was a great um, moment in history. It's, it's ten, eleven years ago now, where we decided we were also going to try and make a gin, and um, we we gave birth to the botanist gin. And actually, just linking it back to purpose and sustainability, we we created the botanist foundation back in two thousand and fifteen, but didn't talk about it for five years until we'd done some meaningful stuff. So we're about to. Um, Put the Botanist Foundation out there as well on the on the website and in press and media, and you'll be able to see all the initiatives that we've been investing in around conservation and biodiversity from a from a botanical point of view. So yeah, it's not just whiskey; yeah. it's the uh, of course we have the, the the gin as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for for telling your story here today. Uh, I look forward to having a sip afterwards and. Uh, <laughs> 
hope to talk to you again. And uh, I don't know, what should we cheers? How do, how, how should we end this? Yeah, Slanjiva. Slanjiva, I'll cheers you here. Cheers. All right. <laughs> All right. Great talking to you. Thanks, Ben. All right. Talk again soon. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. You got Bye it. Bye for now. Bye. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.